gentlemen, boys and girls, episode 67, Cool Button Hockey Pod is underway. Right to it. In no order. Barbershev on Samuel Girard is two minutes. I'm sorry, it's two minutes. Milan Lucic on Mike Smith is two minutes. I'm sorry. Itu Listerainen. It's a scary play. But how it happened and what happened? Brandon Hagel, it's two minutes. We don't have a two and a 10. We don't have a four minute penalty in that regard. We don't have a deterrent, maybe we should. And Nazem Kadri is going through, you know what right now with the death threats and everything else. He didn't do a Nick Kiprios. The end result was bad. I feel bad for Jordan Bennington. I like Bennington. The end result of the collisions is a hockey play gone, ra- gone bad. Two, 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 and two bad is how I looked at some of the stuff over the weekend. People are throwing five minutes. The five-minute Milan Lucic got was to settle the temperature. I'm okay with what happened and how it happened. But people, normally the homers you see on Twitter, are throwing five minutes like it. Let's be honest here. It's about being smart, and the refs in the second round have been outstanding. The way they've managed and called the games, West McCauley letting the clock run out, they've been outstanding. I go two, 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 and two bad, Mr. Button. Time now for your rebuttal. So, no, I like that. I, I, I like that. I like that phraseology. So, you know, I'm just going to talk about Jared Bednar. So, you know, Craig Berube makes a con. He insinuates, well, look at Nazem Kadri's reputation. The Department of Player Safety looks at the act first. That, that's what they look at first. Then after they look at the act and they understand, is this something that deserves supplemental discipline or not? Then if it does deserve, then they look at reputation. So for Craig Bruby to come out and suggest reputation, wrong, Craig, you're wrong. That was offside, offside. You're not, you, that is unbelievable. And you, you, you just can't do that. And Jared Bednar, after he lost Samuel Gerrard, okay, he said, and, and he said, I, I think it was a good hard hockey hit. He says, I think it was an unfortunate outcome for Samuel Gerrard, just like it was an unfortunate uh, outcome for Jordan Bennington, right? And so now you carry forth, right? So you have one coach that all, all just, hey, listen, it's unfortunate. Like, I, I see your rationale for giving a two-minute penalty. I, I do see your rationale for it. But in, in the context of it being a hockey play, you know, you're coming in and putting pressure. And I thought Barbachev did a great job of getting shoulder on shoulder. And the real unfortunate thing for Gerard was the dasher board where, 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 where his head hit it. And then he got scrunched up there. And, you know, there's going to, I love this. It's a violent hit. There's nothing in the rule book that says you can't make a violent hit. There's nothing in the rule book that says you can't make a high hit. You're allowed to make a high hit. You're not allowed to make contact with the head. You're not allowed to high stick. You're not allowed to elbow, right? So here we go. Everybody, oh, it's a high hit. It's a violent hit. Yeah, it's a violent hit. That's a hard hit. That's allowed. Those things are allowed in the game as long as you don't break the rules. So I see your rationale. Last night, Sunday night in Edmonton, Milan Lucic, okay, we go in, we can see there. He, he, he sees that he's caught. You see the snow coming up from his skates. He puts his hands around Mike Smith's waist. <laughs> like to try. Remember when Brian Burke talked about the bear hug? Yeah. Yeah. That, like that was like a bear hug moment, wasn't it? And like again, everybody, oh, yeah, oh, this is Lou Cheech, throw him out. Like, you know, he deserves 10 years in prison. Like, you know, like, give me a break. I thought the referees handled it perfectly for nothing. 
you know, we're going to send you to, 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 to the dressing room. It's over and done with. Right. And you know, that's, a, that's the way it should be like that. I, I do. I agree with you. And you know, you look at the Hagel and, and, and the different scenarios like the, like the players, the referees now have, have, have raised their game I, on the game Friday night, Steve, just to add this to finish, you know, there was a, there was a call in the game between Calgary and Edmonton and somebody said, Oh, the standard. I said, the standard isn't lessened. So, sometimes there's a call that gets missed. The, the officials sometimes miss a call. Like, you know what? That wasn't egregious. They missed it. And then right shortly thereafter, they called the penalty on the, on, on the stick on the hats. And I said, there you go. Like, they, like let's allow sometimes that sometimes things get missed. That doesn't mean the standards being lowered, but you know how it goes. You know what happens, right? So I'm with you. I'm with you. Like I said, like, if they gave Barbashev a two-minute, I would have been fine with it. The fact that they didn't give him two minutes, I'm fine with it as well. Yeah. So then that brings us to the Battle of Alberta and Mark Strum's phobia. Look at the numbers. I mean, it's 80 stats in his 12, 5 and 7 record, four plus goals against, 880 save percentage. Obviously, not just Mark Strum. After game one, people thought the Flames would blow the Oilers out of the building. Then the Flames were up 3 1 in game two, and the Oilers scored four. And then the Oilers scored four. All of a sudden, they're on an 8-0 run that's now 8-1. You were in the building for, like, is it all changed? Is it holding serve now? Like, Calgary better hold serve and win game four. I don't know what to think about Markstrom. The Flames top line. The Flames are deer in the headlight right now. They're McDavid. Like, McDavid is or from his generation. Like, it's, do you see the assist? Do you see the skating? Did you see the goal after the death? I know we all saw it all. Like, are the Flames getting McDavid and Kachuk and Goodrow and Markstrom are like this deer on Highway 2? Because if they're a deer on Highway 2, eh, eh, oh, <laughs> here comes the 18-wheeler. And you know who's driving it? 97. Passengers, 29, 91. Hey, listen, you know what? The, the deer has no chance if that, if that semi's coming down the road hit on Highway 2. And what the, I'll say this about Mark Trump. Outside, so, so the, the Calgary Flames up 3-1. Outside of the Bouchard goal on the power play that tied the game 3-3 in game two. I thought he was off his angle, you know, and, you know, I mean, the play shifts. I get it. So, like, you go, you'll be on your angle. The other seven goals, Steve, I, I, like, I, I don't see anything. Evander Kane, the, the combined distance of his three goals in game three was probably 25 feet, you know, where, where he gets the puck and he, he gets the puck right in front of the with speed. I mean, what's Markstrom supposed to do? The Hyman shot. I mean, we look at the dry sidle breakaway, the Hyman breakaway. You know, you start to consider Mark. I know what the numbers say, but I, I, the last two games to me weren't on Markstrom. They weren't on Markstrom. To me, like, so I get it. I, I, I get that, it, that there's numbers there and everything. The first 10 minutes of game two, the Flames were pressing just as hard on the Oilers as they did in game one. And then the Oilers started to make some adjustments and the Oilers started to get some traction, some traction. They backed off the Calgary defense. They got some speed going through the neutral zone and that allowed McDavid and everybody, and everybody else, quite frankly, to get going. In 110 minutes since, the Calgary Flames haven't adjusted. They haven't adjusted to, to the strategy. They haven't adjusted to the speed. They haven't adjusted to the competitive level. Quite frankly, 
You know, right now I, we know how great McDavid is. Last time I looked, I looked at the I looked at the summary sheet. McDavid didn't play the whole sixty minutes. What about what about when he's not on the ice? So the, the Flames are getting McDavid and Edmonton Oilers because the other guys. I mean, you watch Zach Hyman. Let me ask you this, Steve. Here's my question for the day. You want me to ask you my question of the day? I got to save it. I'm going to save it for the end. Okay. We're going to leave that off. I, I got it in my head. Okay. Zach Hyman is Kyler Yamamoto. You want to talk about being in the fight? In the fight. In the fight. They have taken their game and they said, we're in the fight. What are you going to do? It And quite frankly, right now, the Calgary Flames, they're not in the fight. So Daryl Sutter can talk about Connor McDavid. He can talk about, you know, what, what we're not doing and everything. Like, you better, if you don't get into the fight, nothing else is going to matter. They're not in the fight, Steve. Trevor Lewis takes two penalties. Wrong side of the puck, not in the fight. Josh Archibald was in the fight. Game four, it's about being in the fight. If, if I am sitting there and I'm going in the cap, we're going to play our game. We're going to pressure. We're going to force. We're going to play the way we are. But if we don't get into the fight, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Same as the Oilers in after game one. Exactly, Steve. You, you challenge the Oilers after game one for really having two players in the fight. So then the idea was, are we going to fight or are we going to fold? And they fought. And it was a tough fight. It was a tough fight. Now we're seeing, obviously, missing Chris Tanev, making some poor decisions. Now it's Daryl to the Backstroms, to Foley, Kachucks, Johnny Goodrow. You, you, I'm looking on the ice. There's no 97. So I want to see dancing flames. I want to see the dancing. I'm not seeing the dancing flames. I'm seeing Oiler players take their game to the highest level I've seen this season. Keith, uh, Duncan Keith playing the, the best that I've seen. Uh, Darnell Nurse is hurt after game one. I thought, oh, my God. The last two games, I thought, oh, my God. Cody Cece, I'm seeing people say, not tonight, not today, not on my watch, not now. And now it's incumbent on the Flames, who have those players, to not be deer in the headlights to be able to say, now we're coming. And if we get a lead, we're going to hold a lead. We're going to protect Markstrom. You mentioned the three Kane goals in Hyman. Four rush goals. Hyman breakaway. Shorthanded rush goal. Dreisaitl. Four, five, six. How many games do we have to go back in the regular season to see the Flames give up six rush goals? That's in two games. That's in two games. They give up four goals in this series in two periods. They did that over the regular season like a handful of times in 82 games. 82. Oh, my God. I got I to gotta see more people in the fight. I got to see this. The brain and the heart. Like, I like Trevor Lewis, but that's dumb, dumb. Too much dumb, dumb hockey. Too easy to play against. Look, I believe in the Flames. Do we think this was going to be a five-game series? Come on, at least six. At least six for somebody. Probably seven. Will the real Calgary Flames please stand up in game four? I say yes, because they have to. Because they better, Mr. Button. Yeah, no, yeah, and you're right. They have to, or, or, or their season will come to a – because you're not beating the Edmonton Oilers three straight games, in my view. There's just no way. Because you're, you're not only not, in my view, beating them three straight games, you now have a tiger by the tail. Good luck when you get a tiger by the tail. You might survive the first bite. You ain't surviving the second one. <laughs> There's just no way. And so at the, at the end of it all, I agree with you 100%. It's, it, it's about being in the fight. And like, you know, 
Daryl Sutter, you know, I like in my view, he started Velardar in the third period, and 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 I believe that he would have said, "Game four starts right now. Game four starts the beginning of the third period." And he also sent a message to Goudreau, Lindholm, and Kachuk. Uh uh And the beautiful thing about Daryl is, he'll deal with the present day, but he's not going to hold a grudge. And but. He, he he put those guys right on. I mean, they were awful. I mean, I I know that they had some chances. Blake Coleman was awful. You know, they they just didn't have enough players. The the, the running. I mean, I mean, how often do you see the Calgary Flames give up the puck like on like Coleman on that line change? Like, I mean, just the lack of awareness. When you talk about using your head, Steve, the lack of awareness. Like Blake Coleman, wait a second. Long change second period. Know who you're, who you're out on the ice with. I don't care if you're going for a line change. Just put the puck behind. <laughs> just put the puck ball. Situational smart hockey. Flames haven't been there. Yeah. And Coleman, Goodrow, Kachuk, they're all great in game one. But that's the thing about a series. One game doesn't a series make. It's all great. Oilers yep. were in trouble. They tied it 6-6, but they were still losing 6-6. You said I was never worried for the Flames. What happened later? Oilers played wide open silly hockey and Rasmus Anderson said thank you Kachuk yeah. said thank you so this is the thing about the back and forth and how you know why we play seven games why we don't just play one game like football so now we talk about adjustments and the others make theirs it's Daryl sitting there like at a chess table pawn here Knight Brook I'm looking forward to these changes with his best pieces and what happens with 13 19 and 28 like right from the guy i would start them right they're on the road line up in first let's go here's what we're going to do and we need all hands on deck as we would say and that's why i'm so looking forward to the game and those types of adjustments i don't think the flames can allow as much middle ice put the puck in bad places and not get that a plus competes from the a plus players in game four I, i can't believe it would happen i can't if they lose playing their best and then you'll shake yep. hands, but not like that. Yeah, there was a there was never a moment. Well, I shouldn't say not a moment. I mean, it was zero zero. Mike Smith made two saves in the first period on breakaways by Mangiapani and Kachuk. You know, all of a sudden that game gets to be one nothing Calgary or two not like you know, you know, the game can change a little bit. Mike Smith was really good. Really good. Keep in mind this, and, and and the other thing that I that I think is important to say too about Edmonton getting in the fight. They were down two nothing in game two, again early. Then they were down three one. Then they had a goal disallowed, <laughs> right? You know. So you think now, okay, you 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 get you get walloped in game one. You're down in game two. Oh geez, now we get a goal disallowed, right? You talk about getting up off the mat and fighting. You talk about saying, uh-uh, we're not going away. We're not, we're here. You think you got us? And I think from that, from, from those different moments, it's almost like a steely resolve by the Edmonton Oilers. We're, if you're beating us, we're going to be at our best. So let's see what you got. And right now, for 110 minutes, the Oilers have taken it to the flames. Yeah, and we have spent a long time over the last... Well, many episodes and years talking about the underwhelming Oilers. So where they are now, so much congratulations should be given. They haven't done and won anything. They did beat the Kings when it mattered. 
got the job done, got the goaltending for enough of the regular season, still scared us. And, and I've gotten to this point with six wins and credit done, but they need eight to win another series, but at least they're answering some of their big, biggest critics, which the time have been us with what they've been able to do. So if we're pointing the finger at their defense and Keith and CeCe and Mike Smith and everyone other than McDavid, then we should applaud when all those other pieces do deliver on the chessboard. So uh, there's a long way to go before we say checkmate Boris, or in this case, checkmate Daryl uh, from that old commercial. But right now, the checking and the defense of the Oilers is helping them big time. You mentioned Craig Berube and didn't like what he said after the Bennington play. Remind me of Berube on the hand pass against San Jose. Uh-huh. Doug Armstrong and the Blues parked it. They just parked it. Uh, Arms, Doug was mad in the moment, but then, but then Craig Berube said, "Hey, there's missed calls. We'll have to go. We'll have to go win the series." And he did it then, and they won the cup. I wonder your quote earlier was about Craig going inside. I don't think we can win with Billy, because if I really thought we could, I probably would have parked it like I did three years ago. But I didn't. He insinuated. Are we in a blues panic now that Billy Husa went in? I'm not blaming him on this one and that one. And it's different with Bennington. Bennington resurrected himself. He kind of did the Braden Holpe. I'm back, baby. And here we go. Now, game four is the series. And I don't think we've seen the best of the avalanche. I don't think I've seen the best of the dancing McKinnon McCarr show. So, is that a tell in the game of poker? Did Craig Berube tell us anything? Yeah, you know, Steve, that's a great point. It really, really is. And, you, you know, something that coaches are aware of their finger on the pulse. You, and, and let's think back. They're down. They're down against the uh, Minnesota Wild, right? They're down. And he makes the big change. <laughs> he makes the big change to go with Bennington, right? And, you know, and we talk about Bennington, the puck stopper. And then there's also Bennington, the puck handler. Those two things combined really gave them an advantage, right? And, uh, you know, and, and, and I think that's where you start talking about the dancing abs, <laughs> the dancing abs, right? You watch out now because now they can put more pressure on. And, you know, when you can put more pressure on the defense and you can get below the circles and great turnovers and the way they move in the offensive zone, Watch out. So it's, it, I, I think it's a double whammy for the St. Louis Blues with the injury to Jordan Bennington. Yeah. And without Samuel Girard, you know, they played 5D. They've got depth on D. So I guess Jack Johnson's in next. So if the Blues try to get cute like they did with Barbashev, you've got Jack Johnson. I like Samuel Girard. Because yep. they, they've got your buddy Bo Byram. <laughs> That's a luxury. It's, it's such a luxury to say, oh, we have a major injury. Oh, out for the nobody likes to hear out for the playoffs. You know, Bennington is out for the series. God love him for trying. Samuel Gerard's out for the playoffs, but then you've got depth to be able to go. What do you say? You need you guys with the stars. You need to go nine, ten deep. All right. The Blues have already used 10 defensemen. Yep. God love them. And I it's great if crew comes back. Now we go to Johnson and still have Bull Byram. Um, I I look, the Blues are really, really good. I think the Avalanche are just really, 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 really good. They're one more really good. And I think we're going to see that in game four. If the Blues can pull it out with Husso and extend and all that too, 
I'll tip my hat to them. I have a feeling that we're going to see the best of both teams, but the best of both teams has Colorado just a little. I, I'm calling star power in game four. Doug Armstrong, the president and GM of the St. Louis Blues, you know, leading into the deadline, you know, was talking about his team and where they were at. And this is his, I'm going to paraphrase it. I think this is, this is his quote. He goes, you got to recognize where your team is at vis-a-vis the other teams that you're competing against. And he said, the Colorado Avalanche are a letter grade better than everybody else. <laughs> Great line, isn't it? A yeah. letter grade better than everybody else, right? So, you know what? When you start talking about, you know, when, when a manager understands where he's at, not chasing it and trying to improve his team and give his team a, a better chance, but not being unrealistic about their chances, you know, I think that that's what Doug demonstrated. And when we talk about giving yourself a realistic chance, when you're making selections, you know what? Tell you what, sports interaction, they give you the confidence to make the right decisions. All right, now it's time for KB on Ice, an inside look at the National Hockey League brought to you by our very good friends at Sports Interaction. Sports Interaction is Canada's sports book, 19 plus play responsibly. Mr. Button, we are doing well. What do you have for us today? Well, let's put it this way. It's Victoria Day in Canada, you know, next weekend's Memorial Day in the United States. But the President's Trophy winners are going down, down, down. Like, I mean, Steve, we talked about it. We said we haven't seen them elevate their game. They haven't. And the Tampa Bay Lightning, one goal against in the last four games for Mr. Vasilevsky. You know what? I say it ends as early as Monday. Early as Monday. It's over. Done. Finished. Got to give the Rangers credit. Shesterkin, he, 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 he's the real deal, this guy. He knows. And they played a low-scoring game. I'm going with the Rangers at home on, on Tuesday night. I'm going with the, I know, I know, I'm a little bit surprised. And I can tell you what, if the Calgary Flames don't win on Tuesday night, the series is over Thursday night. That is the biggest game of the season. And I'm going to go with uh, one of these three points for McDavid on, on Tuesday night. Again, he has 146 total points this year, regular season and playoffs. 146, Steve, 146. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, I'm with you. Bye-bye, Florida. I'm taking the Canes. I got to take Calgary. Like, it's, it's, they, they, they better win. Uh, and the Avalanche are going to now make short work of the St. Louis Blues. So uh, write it down, and we'll discuss on episode 68. The most competitive odds sports interaction makes it easy to deposit, pay, and cash out. You can trust our buddies. Join now and see everything sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod. That's sportsinteraction forward slash cool button pod. 19 plus folks play responsibly. Nine games. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. I know where you're going. If this was a regular season, you know what the headlines would say in South Florida? Panthers under 500. Will Panthers miss playoffs? <laughs> Huberto, no goals in series, two assists. Barkov, one assist on the power play. Come on. Nine games now? Nine underwhelming games. Let me bring out the stat we do, uh, Bruce gives me once every year. 199 teams in NHL history have been down 3 nothing. 42 Leafs, they're in a dynasty. 75 Islanders. Began a dynasty. 
2010 Flyers went to the cup final and the Kings came back against the Sharks, which says a lot about the Sharks. Sorry, the Sharks of 2014. And they came back and won the Stanley Cup. Four in 199 are the Florida Panthers. There is no way that the Panthers will be team number five. They've been team underwhelming so far. I don't expect it, Mr. Button to change. How are we going to explain this to the South Florida fans? Well, you think about the, the season they've had, right? They're not the Panthers. They're the, they're the kitty cats. You know what? Like, you know, like they're just, they're just sitting there on the ledge soaking in the sun. And they're going to have a long summer to sit and soak in the sun. I'll tell you what, you know, and Steve, it, like it is, it is nine games. It is nine games. The highest scoring team in the league, one, one, one in three games. That's how many goals they've scored in each of the three games against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And you know what? They haven't looked dangerous. You taught, you used the word underwhelming, right? Like, just think about that. Like, I mean, nine games, uh, you know, I watched through that Washington series. We both did. And you go, Jesus, I, I hope they can raise their level of play. Not close, not close, not good enough. And so I ask you this question. I ask you this question. So we look at the President's Trophy winners, lots of promise. Are the Florida Panthers having their 2019 Tampa Bay Lightning moment? Yeah, they are against the Lightning. <laughs> right? You know, like, like who, who they had a terrific series against last year, right? Brian Engblom said in his broadcast career, he said he has never seen such a fiercely fought series than the one between Florida and Tampa Bay last year, right? And Florida hasn't shown up with any fight. No fight. No. Wow. No. Like to use in watching yesterday's broadcast to use the what a play by McDonough to Rob Huberto. That's what we're down to. That's the play you say, oh, my God, Latvia. If if Shea Weber doesn't score in the power play, it's 1-1. One, one. Remember that? Weber scored against yeah. Latvia. Right in, in in 2014 in Sochi. Oh my God! It, okay, he did. And then what happened? Okay, so and that's a one-game series where you don't have a four to seven. So you know, and I give Babcock credit because I thought he coached two brilliant Olympics for Team Canada. So we're down to Huberto. If McDonough doesn't get his stick in there, oh my goodness! If Vasilevsky's not in net, whoa! Vasilevsky. <laughs> Oh, so if Ken Dryden's not in net, if Bernie Perron's not in net, if Marty Brodeur's not in net, if Patrick Waugh's not in net, if Eddie Belfort's not, what are we going to do? Go with six attackers? <laughs> oh, my God. If the Lightning didn't have Astolette. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. If, if, if Catholicism didn't have Jesus, there wouldn't be Catholicism. Oh, come on, man. I, I got the underwhelming notes and chances. Come on, Florida. Come on, you know what? You're right. They're the kitty cats. And you know what? They're 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 part of the feline family. I'm reading a book. Like that is part of the jaguar, the tiger, the lion. The lion's the king of the jungle. The king of the in the regular season, the Panthers were the king of the jungle. Now we're into the real postseason. They're not in the jungle. They're where you said. They're on the ledge. Drinking some milk. And you know what? <laughs> they might milk one more game of the series. They're not winning this thing in any more than five. They have been less yep. than perfect. The, the, oh, well.
well said. It, 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 it'll be a it'll be a real it'll be a real significant uh, moment moments of reflection and evaluation for Bill Zito and and his group there. You know, you, you have such a great season. You 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 go into the playoffs with the benefit of saying we we had the experience of last year, and that's going to help us. And it hasn't. And, you know, and you, you, you and, and so they make the, they, they make significant moves they, they, they get Ben Sherratt, they get Claude Giroux, right. And I, with, with the idea that we're strengthening our team, we're, we're strengthening the, you know, the, uh, uh, the group and, and they, and this is what happens. And it tells you that, you know, how number one it tells you how hard it is to win. It tells you how hard it is to beat top teams. And, 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 you know, I, I, I've talked about seminal moments for players and teams and playoffs. You just mentioned some, you know, all, you know, coming back from three Oh, winning a Stanley cup, going to the Stanley cup final. You know, my father was the GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins in 1975. Right. You know, I was at game seven when Ed Westfall scored the one, nothing goal to take them. I was there. I was just a kid. Anyway, <laughs> I remember that. I remember that so well, but all that being said, seminal moments about paying the price and, and, Wayne Gretzky, after losing in 1983 to the Islanders, talked about walking past that, 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 that dressing room of the New York Islanders and saying, oh, oh, the ice bags, the exhaustion and everything. Oh, like a picture that for Wayne gave him clarity, <laughs> gave him clarity. So when I talk about evaluations and reflections and everything, you want clarity. What's our strengths? Where, where do we need to be better, Right. The orders were a great team. They they needed a little more clarity on what the price was. Tampa Bay came after 2019. They had clarity. That's what the Toronto Maple Leafs are looking for. That's what the Florida Panthers are looking for. You know, teams that are really good teams that fall short, you need clarity on where you're at and what it takes to go to the next level. That's a brilliant story because it's true. And then that allowed Wayne to realize in the summer of 83 – that there was the regular season, oh. then there's the playoffs, then there's the final. Oh, so even Wayne did not know that after the 83 sweep. He did not know that. The Lightning didn't know it in 2019. Do you remember the dressing room dance of two games ago? Stamkos, block shot to the dressing room. Stamkos, block shot to the dressing room. As he's coming back, Brandon Hagel, they pass each other. Because Why? Brandon Hagel was paying the price. Eric Chernak, dressing room dance. Um, Sergeyev, dressing room dance. That is the 83 Islanders. That's the 83 Islanders. So if you're sitting on, and I'm just saying this as an example, if you're sitting there and you are the Panthers, the Maple Leafs, having a root beer going, hmm, hmm, we brought it to 90-something, that's 100. The Lightning. And look at the 3-1 stammer goal. The four touches. Oh. Too easy, man. Too easy. When you're that good and that easy to play, doesn't that remind you of the middle ice, the flames have given you a... You're going to give skilled teams middle <laughs> ice. Watch the play. Pucks down the ice. It's safe, right? Here we go. Foot. Kucherev. Stamkos. Game over and maybe series over. If I was calling the game... Kucherov, Stamkos scores. That might be it. Not just for game three, the series. 3-1, it, it was the vampire moment. Oh, my God. 
I'm sorry, Mr. Button. We calls him as we seize him. We seize him as we calls him. Don't be sorry. And that was right after a power play. It was right after a Florida Panthers power play, right? I, I, I think it, I, I want to make this comment. And, and, and I know that you're like, there's lots of things I know about you, but, but I know you're going to be 100% on board with this. I don't think we talk about what a great player Steven Stavkos has been during his career in the National Hockey League. You know, you talk about the dressing room dance. He's going to score his 500th goal next season at some point. He is thousandth point, two-time Stanley Cup champion. Uh, you, you know, Olympian should have been, you know, unfortunate because of the injuries, right? And all he's done, like, you, like I remember so clearly, Steve, you know, saying to Mike Madonna, we were talking one day, he hadn't won the Stanley Cup yet. And I no, it, it was after we, it was after our team in Dallas won the Stanley Cup. It was in training camp the, the following year. And I was sitting with Mike, we're sitting around. And I said to Mike, I said, you know, Mike, at that point in time, there was only seven first overall picks that had won the Stanley Cup. I, I believe it was seven. I might be a little bit off. But I, and I, he said, what? I said, yeah. Like I said, think about what a first overall pick means. It, 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 it's hope for the future. It's hope to take a franchise and get it to the promised land. Right. And we talked about it. Right. And Mike just goes, wow. Like he just started, he started to think about everything. Right. Steven Stamkos. You remember that scene Stamkos? You remember all the things yep. Steve seen Stamkos, right? First overall picks gone there. Two Stanley cups, Vinny LeCavalier, same thing. He did it too. Right. So when you think about the greatness of Steven Stamkos, like in, and it's not just the goals. It's not just the special moments. It's the commitment to be the best player he can be, the injuries he came back from. And, and I mean, first 100-point season. I mean, think about it. Like 100 points this year. I mean, Steven Stamkos might be as good right now as he's ever been. <laughs> and you watch that. And I just, really what this is, Steve, this is my shout-out to your buddy, the Macedonian assassin. <laughs> I, I make a strong argument. It's his best all-round season. Yeah. Best all-round season, regular season and playoffs. And thank God for health, knock on wood. And remember, all this is going on, of course, without Brayton Point, which says a lot to winning without Stammer and winning so far without points. And one of the big major points that is lost are the great coaches on great teams who don't even get nominated for awards because their team is so good. So John Cooper, I guess, is just an average coach. As they used to say about Scotty Bowman and the Montreal Canadiens, a fire hydrant could coach the Canadians. And then Scotty left, and they didn't win again, and they've hardly won yeah. since Scotty left. So, um, which nicely brings us into the fourth and final series, Igor. And I know there's some underlying numbers that said he was good, but not that good in game four <laughs> or game three. I, okay, I think he was really good. Like one bad goal. Uh, the Canes came. Canes have to be a little bit more opportunistic and execute. They play clearly their best hockey at home, but now we've got life and we have a series. If the Rangers can do it again, what did the Ranger win in game three do and mean to you? I, I think two things that it did. Number one is, is, is it showed the Rangers that they can win a low scoring game. You know, that they don't need lot like 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 that they can do. Remember, they were up one nothing in game one. They were up one nothing in game one, seemingly under control. Seemingly because they had they had the Carolina Hurricanes backed up. They had the hurricanes on the precipice. 
and they couldn't close it out. And you know, uh, one of the things I believe is, is that, you know, don't talk, don't talk about despair after losing that game. Talk about, Hey, we just got to do a little bit more to get there. And, and, and I think that that's what that game shows. Right. Number two is I think that as long as you have Shesterkin in the net, as long as you have Shesterkin in the net, your confidence level should be high. Your confidence. Level, and, and it's not about him. There's going to be moments in a game where good teams are going to push you back and they're going to challenge you. The, Ken Dryden talked about this, even with those great Montreal Canadiens teams. He said, I knew as the playoffs went on, he said, I knew how good our team was, but I also knew we were facing really, really good competition. And while they may only get six or seven really good scoring chances, it was by good players and good players can turn the game into their favor quickly. So he knew that it might only be six or seven good chances. He goes, but I knew I had to be there. I knew I had to be there to make those saves and not let them think that they could beat us. He goes, that was, he understood the mental part of it. He understood what his job was. Shesterkin has that. I think Shesterkin has that. He knows, okay, it's okay. You can have your seven minutes. You can, you know, a power play. Ah, who's going to get a look or whatever. What? Don't worry. I think that's a real benefit to the uh, New York Rangers. Yeah. And it doesn't take anything away from Antti Ranta because the Canes no. have done great things in the 10 games that Ranta has been in. It wasn't his fault. I think there's a lot that the Canes have done really well. So now we're just, I'm just going to put on a few more, you know, straws without breaking the camel's back. The Canes have to be a little bit better on special teams on the road, right? A little bit on special, the power plays let them down. And the one, they make one scene pass mistake and Savannah Jad scores. Ah, oh. I get it. Right. And I think in the flow of the game where they've controlled this series five on five, there's a lot of times that I would then say, okay, get to your high danger, get to the slot, drop the shoulder, and here we go. Make it get ugly. You know, a lot of the teams, and you mentioned Toronto earlier, Nealander in, curls, ah, I don't want to make that play. I'm going to turn up back to the point D to D. Nope, not there. There's a time you send it. After the goal, Nina Ryder scored, Shesterkin bobbled that goal. I would have said, let's, we're going to put a few Frisbees at him. Let's see where he's at. Let's see him get over this. What if the next shot bobbles? Oh, remember, if, if Bennington caught the puck, yes. there's no collision. There's no collision. As well as he played, and then you know, bobble the puck at the other end, Darcy Kemper should have caught a puck too. There's just something about, you know, trash in front. I would have you know, I want to put some more trash in front of Shesterkin and said, see if he can handle this, see what he can do. So the Canes do a lot of the similar things. There's a time to what you've taught me, expect the unexpected. Let's put some puck at his feet. Let's play a play that we normally go back to the point. Pesci, Slavin, back, high tip. Let's take that puck from the corner and go right to the net. Cut through. Lindgren's hurt. Cut through Lindgren. Let's give it to Fox. I think the Canes should be able to do a few. I'd like to see some other things in their repertoire a little differently, a little differently to, to throw the Rangers off. That's what I would say to Rod Brindamore because they win game four, they win the series. It back even again, now they've got a home winning streak. Now they got a whole losing streak. Like we won every game at home. No, no, I, I don't want to play that game. I want to play a great first period where we're going to bring it to them, bring it to them, we can get to Igor five on five. That's what I would do by changing up a little bit of some of the stuff we've done, Craig. Well, you know, we talked about it and, 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 you know, Bob Ganey always used to tell us, you know, let, let watch for those moments, 
when a goaltender might not be as sure of himself as he is at other times, the bobble, right? Like, and now test it, test it out. Like it's a, they're not trial balloons in the playoffs. They're like, let's see how far we can open it up. Bob used to talk about the soft underbelly of a team and of players. And he said, what you, you, you want to try to get to that soft underbelly and, and, and you want to try to open it up, open it up. But if you don't try to attack it and try to look for where it's at, you're not going to do that. It's so funny you know, and I'll, I'll finish with this. So funny for me, Steve, when I hear different things like, oh yeah, McDavid's great. And, and you know the story. Bob Gainey used to tell us when we used to go out and pre-scout for the playoffs, don't come back here and tell us how great Sackett and Forsberg are. We, we know, we know. Like, and like for the Calgary Flames and, and, and any other, don't, I, I'm sick and tired of hearing about Connor McDavid. Like, you know what? Here's the plan. Here's how we're going to limit him. Here's how we're going to try to take advantage of our strengths so that he can't take his strengths. We know how great he is and we know how, but what you want to do is limit. And I'm going to go back to Calgary as, as my finishing point. Connor McDavid doesn't play the whole 60 minutes. So like, what are you doing against the other players? What are you doing against the other players? You know what the word is? Two words, not enough. I can't wait for the game fours and as we call the yin and the yang, the adjustments. Calgary wins game one, Oilers adjustments, more into the fight. Oilers fight through game two. Oilers start strong, hold the fort in the first period at times, but then give it to the Flames. Now what will the Flames do with Daryl Sutter to counter? Uh, great stuff. I'm also going to end uh, final thoughts with just two little signings, uh, different stages. Kudos for the Penguins. They made a statement. It might mean they lose 71. Brian Rust, five years, sorry, five and change for six years. He's a heart and soul guy, uh, a warrior. I, we talked about the movie 1917. He's a foxhole guy. They want him there, so that completes Crosby, Rust, and Gensel moving forward for the next three years at least. Sid says he'll play for three more. And Mark Giordano makes a statement. I believe in this group. He takes nothing at 800000 and as one of six, seven, eight homegrown guys from the area, he'll be watching the playoffs. He'll be teaching. He'll be helping make the Leafs better. There's also a buzz of maybe a big postseason move. Took the Capitals 13, took Eiserman 14, took those Islanders a long time. Oilers had to learn. It takes time to win. If it was easy, as you said, everybody would do it. Look at Florida now. They're learning. They're learning the hard way. The school of John Cooper, he had to learn as well. So we hope that you learned something right. Our listeners, Craig, in episode 67, on behalf of Craig Button, I'm Steve Coolius. We'll see you and hear you, we hope, for episode 68 on the Cool Button Hockey Podcast.